0: The following is a Pro Football Network podcast. The primary voice for pro football at profootballnetwork.com. what's up guys welcome back to the pfn Premier nfl draft podcast last week on thursday it was out on friday we just kind of gave a preview episode of the big board or of the draft guy that we have coming out this week uh talk through our thought processes prospects that surprised us that were higher on and you know just kind of going through our process you know our scouting process so if you want to look back on that listen to that it's in the queue but today ali i mean this week it's nfl combine week i feel like we've been building up to this for the entire offseason uh, it's one of the biggest events of the year so uh, it's going to be a great time first off before we get into the nitty gritty man how you doing
2: i'm doing really well i'm doing really well i'm very excited to talk about some nfl combine stuff sat writing a piece today on the on some of the guys that I'm excited to see that I'm expected to tear it up. We're going to talk about those guys later, but it did get me excited. And it always gets me excited looking at going back and looking at like John Ross at his 40-odd dash, 4-2-2. Like, the combine is like, have you, I don't know, not the epitome. Epitome is not the right word, but what is so great about the NFL is how incredibly athletic these kids are. And growing up as a as a, a soccer fan, I'm an English guy. You can't explain to people enough about how special of an athlete the, these kids are. So the NFL Combine is is a great opportunity for for I don't want to say the casual fan, but casual fans, analysts alike, just to really sit back, appreciate some pure athletic ability out of uh, out of these 324 guys who are on display in Indianapolis this week.
0: Yeah, it's freaky, man. I mean, I consider myself a relatively mobile human being, uh, average citizen wise, you know, comparing to that. Uh, Me and my buddy, we went to the track one time and we roughly measured it out. I don't know why we didn't just use the football field that was 20 feet to our left and kind of reference off of that. We're, We're dumb, but we roughly measured out 40 yards and ran it. And it was around like five two for me, and I I thought I was a fast guy. You know, I I'm definitely I'm built like a scat back. I've got the five two forty though, so that's that that kind of that kind of you know closes the lid on my NFL dreams, unfortunately. But no, I mean the, these guys are a tier above everyone. You know, even the offensive lineman who runs a five three, you know, has like a th- twenty eight inch vertical. Like they're all freaky, you know, and, and it's really interesting to see how slim the margin for error is, you know, how small the gap between a four or five guy and a four, or seven guy is, you know, they're all working in this window where they're all really good athletes, but that's why, you know, you really have to search for the best of the best in the NFL. You know, if you're not quite the best of the best, sometimes that's not good enough, you know, so it's, it's really interesting to kind of see it They're Like we kind of look at it like, oh, this is so much worse than this, but these guys are all on a completely different plane than, than we are. So you're right. We do need to sit back and appreciate it. Talking about the NFL combine, I feel like, you know, you mentioned it, it's it definitely gets a lot of hype. I know John Ross going back to that four two two 2 was insane, um, but I do think there's kind of a cautionary tale there. I mean, obviously, we know he didn't really pan out long term in the NFL, and it kind of it kind of kind of moves on to an important point to make with the NFL combine. You know, how important is it? you know, for, for your scouting process, how vital are these numbers? You know, is it something that you should change your opinion completely for? I think we both have the same answer for this. For me, you know, it's really just confirming what you see on tape, but then also, you know, let's say you didn't think a guy was super explosive and he comes out with like a 38 inch vertical. Then you go back you're like, is there something I missed? It's really for confirmation and reevaluation. It's really nothing outside of that. It's not supposed to completely rework your frame uh, for how you see you guys. Is that kind of how you see it, too?
2: Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a clarification. It's a confirmation. Well, the, the NFL Combine is a part of the beautiful full picture. It's a piece of the pie. It's the corner of the painting. It's a jigsaw piece that completes the puzzle. There's, you know, evaluation. There's so much that goes into it. The Predominantly, it's the film study. You know, film don't lie, as they say. But being able to to clarify some of the stuff with with pure numbers, and like you say, there's there's cautionary tales. You know, guys like John Ross who was super quick, never panned out in the league. These guys, you know, who who didn't test well at the combine for one reason or another, that went on to have stellar NFL careers. So it isn't the be all and end all. You don't you you won't see guys rocketing up or plummeting down draft boards based on their performances at the combine. But they, it it helps with that clarification and confirmation. It can also act as a Almost as a tiebreaker, if you've got two guys who are extremely tight based off your film analysis at the same position, two wide receivers, for example, who are, who are right on the um, right on the borderline of a similar grade, one of them has an outstanding performance at the combine, particularly for a, a similar type of player. If one of them really confirms their speed, for example, on, 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 at the combine, that might just nudge them ahead of the other guy when it all, all said and done, but it doesn't make large swathes of difference in the process it's just it's another like say it's another piece of the of the picture and um it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting week um and yeah something for a num for a number of reasons
0: yeah i think i think the the way to word it is the numbers definitely mean something they don't mean everything though and i think
2: yeah i
0: I know it's really vague (laughs) it's honestly you know that's kind of how it has to be and you know especially you look at some numbers are more important than others like you know I don't want to sit here and say 40s don't matter you know because they do matter I mean obviously a guy's faster but you know how often does a guy run 40 yards unimpeded at the NFL level not very often I feel like you know a lot of the important ones the agility drills obviously can you change directions quickly and explode out of those transitions Uh the vertical the broad jump uh, and even on the forty. The 10-yard split, the 20-yard split, especially for offensive and defensive linemen, how quickly do you gear up in those short ranges? Because that's really important at the NFL level for a lot of different positions, how explosive you are. So for me personally... That's what I look at the closest, but it's all valuable. Like you said, it's all information to take into account to add to the puzzle, but it's not everything at the same time. You got to supplement it with the film. And a lot of times you go in, you look at the film, you can tell who's more athletic than than another guy. You can get a good, solid, you know, understanding of it. The numbers just kind of help, you know, bring a concrete puzzle into the picture. You know, like it's like, all right, I know this guy's got like four, three speed or four, four speed or a four inch vertical. You know, it kind of gives you a complete understanding. Of what you're working with, but you should already have a decent impression by watching the film. So that's how it is. But you know, we're we're already getting some news, kind of ramping up into the combine. Obviously, some high profile prospects not participating. Among them, offensive tackle Evan Neal from Alabama, uh, LSU cornerback Derek Stingley, and Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral. I don't know about you, Ali, but you know, I see people making a big deal out of it. I don't see a ton of people making a big deal out of it, and and I think you don't really need to make a big deal out of it. Maybe a little more for Corral, but we knew he wasn't going to test or anything because of the ankle injury. Um, I think for most of these guys, waiting to the pro day, waiting when you're fully healthy. Um, And in Neil's case, I mean, we already know he's a freak athlete. We already know Derek Stingley's a freak athlete when he's healthy. You know, for, for me personally, it's kind of what we were going back to. You've already kind of seen the tape. You already know the deal with these guys. And we know when they're on their game, there's really not a lot of new information we need. So it's kind of, you know, Corral even, like it would have been good for him, but his questions on film, you can't really answer at the NFL combine either. You know, it's more progression work. You know, what happens when you put more on his plate? We already know he's a great athlete too. You know, he's a very good creator with the ball. So personally, I don't think it, it really moves the needle a ton that they're not there. I don't know. what What's your stance on it? You know, not participating in the combine. Does it really move the needle for you?
2: Not really, no. And you you referenced obviously Derek Stingley. Season ending surgery. He was always going to take a little bit of time to get back. He wants to be at his very best when he gets to the NFL. He's he's been he's been eating out on his 2019 tape for three years. So what difference will rocking up at the NFL combine with a coming off the back of a season ending surgery? What difference is that gonna do to? it? To, he's not gonna be able to elevate his stock at the combine. So why why rock up there? Corral, same deal, you know, the kids got beat up. That's one of the you mentioned some of his progression issues, but one of the the, the biggest things for me with Matt Corral's NFL draft stock is how is he going to take the the lumps that he's taken in the SEC this year at the NFL level with you know two hundred and five pounds on his six foot one frame, whatever whatever he is. So again, they're not questions going to answer at the combine. I think from Corral's perspective there is there is kind of a, well, he didn't play at the senior bowl and there was five guys who were in contention for that that top spot of the quarterback class and Corral wasn't there. And now he's not going to be at the combine while these, these kids are working out in the quarterback class. So it, there's, there's almost that risk of him, I don't want to say becoming the forgotten man, because he's not going to become the forgotten man after all, but... While everyone's talking about Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett and Carson Strong and Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell at the, at the Senior Bowl, no one was talking about Matt Corral. And then at the Combine, no one's going to be talking about Matt Corral while Malik Willis is out there on the field and Carson Strong's out there on the field. So there, there is a little bit of that. But I think what it comes comes down to for Matt Corral is on top of the coming back from um, the season ending surgery, if you're a quarterback who is being evaluated... In this process, and we we know that NFL teams put probably more sway, some of them certainly put more sway into these, these testing and, and all-star games and things like that than, than certainly you or I do. So for Matt Corral, this is potentially a a big job interview over the next two months. And why wouldn't you put yourself in the best situation possible by working out the pro day instead of the, the NFL combine? He's going to get to go to the almost pro day and play And participate in an arena that he's familiar with, with guys that he's familiar with, with a script that he gets to write himself and familiarity with his coaches. He's going to have the optimum conditions to test out of his mind, like we saw Zach Wilson do at the BYU Pro Day last year. So in terms of of, of that, that could be a, a particularly smart move by Matt Corral to really put himself in the very best situation possible in front of the eyes of the NFL when he's down at the down at the Ole Miss pro day
0: yeah I, I I agree and I think you know looking back on last year especially when we didn't have the combine so it was like all pro days you know or I think it was last year I, I, I it's been so I feel like we've been in this draft cycle forever so the rest of the time before that it's really jumbled but you know there was a the time we didn't have the combine so it was really just pro days And I feel like a lot of players kind of liked that process. And then especially this year with the combine starting off the way it did uh, with those restrictions, the uncertainty, you know, there was threatening boycotts and stuff like that. You know, I could see players start to shift a little bit more towards the pro days because honestly, you know, you wait a little bit longer, you get healthier and you put yourself in the best chance, the most comfortable environment to succeed. You know, I, I think we could see that. Obviously, this year, the combine, they kind of loosened it up a little bit after the pressure, uh, so there's that. But, you know, especially for guys like Corral, you know, where I you said it best. I mean, it's it's going to be the best opportunity for him to succeed. I mean, obviously, would have been nice to see him at the combine. People are going to talk about other QBs, not him, during that stretch. But, you know, I'd rather do that than rush it, maybe not be completely available at the combine. You know, you, you, it's an opportunity cost evaluation, you know, all through the process, and you want to try and figure out how to get the best bang for your buck with all this limited finite time. And I think getting healthy, you know, working back to to full strength and then going a little bit later in in a familiar environment, really that, that kind of seals the deal. So, you know, whenever, whenever we see these prospects make these decisions, it it is a little disappointing in Evan Neal's case. I would have loved to see him test the combine, but I know we're going to get his numbers the pro day. So I'm not too worried about it. You know, it's just one of those things, you know, they're making the best decision for themselves and, You know, you can't be, you can't be mad that you can't, there's really nothing wrong with that. It's, it's what should happen. So it's good that they have freedom, the flexibility to do that. You know, thinking about the combine, man, honestly, you know, going through current events with these top prospects, I feel like another guy we got to mention real quick is Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, especially with Aiden Hutchinson there too. Uh, I've, I've seen, I know you said you were the one who pointed me out out, onto this. Like guys saying that maybe Thibodeau wasn't going to test well. I don't know, man. I don't see that. I don't see that. I watch the tape. I see an explosive athlete with good agility. You know, I, the explosiveness, especially in the short ranges, is really insane. Uh, the amount of mo- momentum that he generates off his first step. And then once he opens his strides and gets upfield and cover a ton of ground, uh, once he frees himself in the pocket, gets around the apex, I mean, his closing speed can be really dangerous for quarterbacks. So I don't see it with Thibodeau, or I, I should say I don't see – People saying he's you know not going to test well. I think he should test pretty well. Uh, yeah, I, I had a high end comp for him that I shared with you the other day. I don't I don't know if I'm ready to share that here. Uh, I still want to reevaluate a little bit, but I'll be honest, man. I think he'll test as one of the best players in the draft. You know, regardless of position. I don't know. You you've watched Thibodeau as well. Are you kind of in that same boat?
2: Yeah, for sure. When I uh, so when I first saw these um, opinions and this. This um, this theory that Kayvon Thibodeau is sliding down NFL draft boards. Look, I'm not around NFL decision makers. I'm not arm in arm with scouts. I'm not, you know, privy to this sort of information. But the the information that's coming out is that NFL teams, a, um, have kind of knocked Kayvon for a, a lack of intensity, a lack of competitiveness. People are expecting his measurements to come in not so great at the combine. That he's, he's not explosive um, for his size as a pass rusher. I, I just don't get it. I and mean, we talked about this between ourselves. You know, I don't I don't get where this um, opinion that Kayvon Thibodeau is a short armed pass rusher. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we, I we've, we've got, these.
0: I, I think I remember Daniel Jeremiah wrote something about him having 34 inch arms. You know, it definitely shows up on tape, too. Like you can tell when guys have length or when they don't. Obviously, when they're kind of on that fringe, that average boundary, it's a little harder to eyeball it. But Thibodeau's got length, man. I expect him to measure in over 34, which is really good. So, yeah, I, I don't know where that's been coming from either.
2: No, and and we've we've had these discussions between ourselves while we've been writing our consensus top fifty big boards from, you know, August onwards. Is when it came down to it, as the season progressed, as Aidan Hutchinson had this stellar campaign that he's had this year. Was well, what what are the things that Kayvon Thibodeau does better than Aidan Hutchinson, and, and and we consistently came back to well, we think he he's got a long, you know, he's he's got longer arms. He's able to use the, those longer arms at the point of attack. Better than Aidan Hutchinson does. So for for, for people to think these are shorter arms pass rush here, I don't get and and certainly I don't see how you watch Kayvon Thibodeau's tape, regardless of you know the various injuries that he's had battling through injury. I mean to, to knock to knock the kids competitive, enough, he's played through injury this season, which you know he, that's that's the epitome of competitive tough, toughness, is being able yeah. to to go out there and play while you're carrying an injury. That's one of the things that you, you can't take into account when when writing a scouting report under the competitive toughness bracket. So even then, even playing through that, I don't think you can turn on Kayvon Thibodeau's tape and say that kid's not an explosive pass rusher for his size. I I, no, just, I, mean, I just don't he's... think you can.
0: The first the first thing I wrote down, I remember it was like the dude, and I've said this like five times because it's it, he just moves like a gazelle. I mean, like he explodes, he covers a ton of ground with that first step, but it's so effortless too. You know, like it's insane. I love how low he gets in his stance as well. I kind of feel bad. I tantalized the listeners. So I'll I'll share the high-end comp that I have for him. And keep in mind, you know, this this isn't like an outcome comp or anything. This is purely. You know, physical profile and, and you know, kind of stylistically, uh, DeMarcus Ware. You know, I, I think you look at the, the physical profile, Ware definitely had more weight on him. I think that's one of the biggest differences. Thibodeau, he's listed at 6'5", 250, might be a little bit lighter, a tiny bit shorter, like maybe 6'4", 4'5", and like 245 or something like that. But I do think they have similar body types. I think that they're both really athletic, uh, really, really lean, really trimmed down uh, for their size, really wear that weight well. Uh, and then the explosiveness, but also one thing that stood out to me was uh, how low they can get while keeping their balance. You know, and not not just bend. You know, like just simply just getting low in your stance and exploding and keeping that natural leverage. You know, and bending under the a- apex. Of course, that's part of it. I think Thibodeau has that ability. I think he can work on you know more consistently multitasking around the edge using his hands and stacking counters. He definitely can do it. He's flashed that ability. Can be more consistent, but then also. When they get around the edge and when they get free in the pocket, it's over. <laughs> it's over. I mean, you're, the closing speed, the length, you know, the violence at the contact point, you know, Thibodeau really reminds me of Ware in that respect. And that once he gets past the tackle outside the edge, the closing speed that he brings into the pocket is insane. And he brings a ton of heat. You know, I, I love the athletic profiles, the explosiveness. I, I, to me, that's the high end comp. If Thibodeau can put more weight on his frame, Uh, So I really I expect him to do really well at the combine test really well. Uh, I think at this point, you know, an open secret where he's a super he's a he's a crazy athlete. I mean, we've seen it. Uh, I really don't think me personally. It's not up for debate. And who knows? Maybe he kind of puts a dud out there. You know, I don't expect it. But that's what the combine is for. We were talking about it. If it does happen for some point you know, I'm not going to stand on this hill stubbornly and say, oh, well, I still think he's a great athlete, you know, like maybe it is time to reevaluate. But that's why we watch the tape so that you have reasonable expectations coming in. I think the reasonable expectation for Thibodeau, you know, he's been a top 10 prospect all through the cycle. You know, we watch him, we reevaluate, you know, we look back to see if we're, you know, accurate. And I think we have been accurate in that he's a very, very good athlete. And that's kind of the the bedrock for his high level, you know, his high ceiling. So I'm excited to see Thibodeau. I think he's one of the guys that's going to tear it up. Uh, but I also think there's plenty of others, and, and we we shouldn't waste any more time. We should get right into that because I know me and Ali combined probably have about 60 that we want to get through. We, we <laughs> obviously won't get through all of those today. Ali, unfortunately, we're going to have to prioritize a little bit. Uh, I know for draft guys, that can be tough because there's so many names out there, man. But, you know, I know you've got a list prepared in your head and I've got a list prepared in my head. I'm going to try and guess all yours or something. I, I'm going to see how many I get right, you know, at the very end. But, <laughs> you know, I guess just just, uh, shoot. How many do you want to do, Ollie? We didn't plan this through. How many do you want to do? Like five guys each or something like that? Does that sound like a reasonable reasonable number to you? We got to keep it. We got to, we yeah. got to set our limits. We got to set our boundaries.
2: Let's go five guys.
0: All right, let's go five. I'll start. I mean, I'll I'll kick it off. I'll kick it to you, I should say. Who are some of your guys (laughs) that you're looking at that you think are going to tear it up? It can be people that we expect, people we don't expect, you know, who you studied that you're really excited to see the numbers for.
1: This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the
2: scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. I'm going to start with... Because I, I've got a sneaking suspicion. We said we're going to go five guys, not the Burger Place. Though if the Burger Place would like to sponsor the Pro Football Network Premier and Draft I would love I would that. Be more than happy with that. That yes, would be sir. awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start with a guy... Like I say, I think some of these guys we may end up overlapping with, but I'm going to start with a guy that I'm pretty sure we won't because... This is a kid who I don't feel like he's getting a lot of recognition in the 2022 NFL draft class. He's one of my favorite defensive prospects. And that doesn't necessarily mean I think he's the best player in the class, but I certainly think he has the potential to be um, one of the highest um, drafted defensive players out of his program in recent times. And that's Jeffrey Gunter out of Coastal Carolina. This kid is, you turn on the film, he's extremely versatile. Long arms, strong, good size, plays all over the park for the Chanticleers um, and has been impactful um, in multiple facets of the game as well. He's a kid who's used his length exceptionally well to block a kick um, earlier, really early on in the 2021 season. That's not the first time either. But I think he comes to the fore. Over this week in Indianapolis, if he lives up to some of his ability from a testing perspective, because this is a kid who's got a 39 inch vertical jump, recorded 39 inch vertical jump, which just for um, perspective, the combine record is 45 inches. So, yeah, it's not going to be record breaking, but there is some exceptional athletes that will not jump 39 inch vertical in this next week. Jeffrey Gunter, if he can live up to that, I think he um, I think he can. And I think he puts himself in, in the frame. He's also got some incredible historic measurements um, in things like the broad jump, 10-2 broad jump, bench 30 reps of 225 at 250 pounds. Um, he's not the world's fastest guy. He's not going to blow anyone away in the 40-yard dash, but pretty competitive sh- um, 20-yard short shuffle, 4-3-7 um, on record. So I think Jeffrey Gunter is a guy who people don't know a lot about don't expect a lot out of. So I think when he turns up at Indianapolis and he rips the roof off of Lucas Oil Stadium, I think he's going to raise some eyebrows. And, and hopefully that turns people back to his tape to, to see what he has been able to do during his Coastal Carolina career.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a high-motor guy too, right? He brings a lot of energy. That, sure. That's one thing One thing I remembered. And then, you know, I feel like usually with edge rushers, the vertical jump that you're looking for, because I know 45 is the combine record for, for any player, notwithstanding uh, position. But... For edge rushers, usually you get over that, you know, mid-30s mark. That's when you're getting into the really good explosiveness. Um, You know, when you see guys like 37, 38, you love to see that. 40 is obviously elite. I I know Miles Garrett was in that range. Uh, So those are the numbers you look for. So 39 and a half is obviously very good for an edge rusher. So I know I've got an edge rusher in mind. Uh, I guess we'll just go back and forth right here for our five. But Boye Mafé is another one. We'll stick with the edge rusher theme. I know you interviewed him. We talked about him last time. Uh, great guy off the field, uh, but on the field, too. I mean, the guy has traits through the roof. i uh, measured in at like 6'3 half, two fifty five 255 5255 at the Senior Bowl and really dominated the Senior Bowl. Uh, and I think his best football is ahead of him. Um, at Minnesota, he flashed a lot. But I think when you unleash him as a pass rusher in the NFL, uh, it's going to be a nightmare, nightmarish for deep for offenses, I should say. Uh, I, I was going to say defenses, but he's so offensive going forward, you know, on the offensive. Right. No, no, nothing. But, you know, he's he's a fun player. I mean, yeah, that was sad. I don't know why. I don't know what I was going for there, but he's a fun player, man. And I think the the, the senior bowl showing that in the game was really indicative of the potential that he has. I mean, just dominating. Uh, he has like a four, five, seven. Uh, 40 and a half inch vertical. So again, past that elite threshold that we were looking for. And uh, Kentley Platt, our resident uh, re- our resident relative athletic score expert, he's going to have a ton of content coming out with those uh, athletic scores. Does a great job kind of uh, juxtaposing the numbers from this combine with past years to kind of give you an idea of where these prospects rank up. So keep an eye out for that RAS content. It's great stuff. But Boye Mafe, I'm willing to bet he'll have a high nine, which is close to the top. You know, he's a very, he's a freaky athlete. And on top of that explosiveness, that speed, uh, he's got great power, I think, too. He's got good power capacity. And he's got bend, too. He can sink below the apex. So another guy who I think is really going to tear it up. And he's also going to interview really well, uh, Boye Mafe. So he's already rising. Uh he's already really skyrocketing up boards. Um, I expect him to be in a lot of first round mocks at the combine. If he's not already, I mean he's already kind of getting into that into that range, but he's he'll he'll seal the deal with his testing numbers.
2: Yeah, I was gonna go with Boy Mafe. We've got an overlap, just two guys in. Let's um, go. Oh my I god. Thought-
0: that was I that <laughs> hey, the, what, what were the betting odds for that? 1.5. So we're good.
2: Something like that. I think uh, we take it to the bank with that. Let's yeah, let's let's, let's say I think we we might end up having an overlap with this next guy as well cuz I am don't take super my guy. Excited, don't take my hard. guy, I
0: swear. Don't do it. I Su- Su- go go Su- ahead and see. see
2: Washington cornerback. No. Tyler Gordon. No. Oh my god. That was my <laughs> next one. You you oh my god.
0: I'm about to walk out here right now. I, I swear. Had, I had it. All right, well, hey, hey, go, go ahead and you stole my guy, so go ahead and spread the gospel of Kyler Gordon.
2: Let's both talk about Kyler Gordon because I am, um, I uh, Washington Huskies have got an incredible heritage of producing incredible defensive back prospects. Feels like every two years they get guys, at least two guys, who go in the first two or three rounds. And it's going to happen again this year with Trent McDuffie and Kyler Gordon. And Trent McDuffie is a guy who is getting a lot of buzz pretty much through the entire process. Coming into the season, Trent McDuffie is the guy for Washington. He's going to be the the, the kid for Washington. He's a first-round prospect. Slowly but surely, Kyler Gordon has wormed his way into that conversation with, certainly with NFL draft analysts and experts that, that I respect their opinions. And there's a reason why Kyler Gordon is worming his way into the conversation. A, because of what he brings to the field in terms of his physicality, his intelligence as a player, but also what he brings in terms of an exceptional athletic profile. We mentioned the vertical. For a cornerback position, the average, NFL, the average vertical of NFL prospects over the last four years has been 35.7 inches. Kyler Gordon has got an on-record 42.5-inch vertical. The average short shuffle time for the cornerback position of NFL prospects over the last four years is 4.18 seconds. Kyler Gordon has a 3.87 recorded short shuffle. Uh, short shuttle, not short shuffle. He I mean, might do a short shuffle, but short shuttle. There's an expectation that Kyler Gordon could also run him below like four fours at the cornerback position. The average over the last four years at the cornerback position has been 4.50. Kyler Gordon is an absolute freak of an athlete. If there's a kid that you want to watch blow the roof off Luke Soil Stadium, you want to be watching the defensive backs when they test because Kyler Gordon is that kid. And when he does that, people go back to his tape, see how it translates to his game. And it would be absolutely no surprise whatsoever to anyone here at Pro Football Network when Kyler Gordon is not just a first-round prospect in this 2022 NFL Draft class, but he's also the first Washington Huskies cornerback selected in the class.
0: Hey, if they, if they check out the big boards on the draft guide, uh, guess who's already got them there? A little bit ahead of McDuffie. And yeah, to be fair, you could have either one over the other. I think they're both top 30, top 32 guys for me. I love the upside. Um, But yeah, Kyle Gordon's insane. Uh, like you said, I mean, the agility time of 387, the 42 and a half inch vertical player. I'm going to get with mine now. I'm glad that I got to say this guy. You didn't steal him before I got to him, but. Daxton Hill, uh, Michigan, I mean, 4'3", 40, uh, 40-yard dash at a high school, 42-and-a-half-inch vertical, uh, so he is a freak. I mean, there's no other way to say it. He is insane, uh, and I love, you know, not just not just his athleticism. He's a complete prospect outside of that, too. I mean, he's uh, he's got fluidity to play corner. Honestly, if you want to move him around, uh, he really improved his processing and reaction speed over this past year. Uh, very physical at the point of the attack and tackle. Can make plays on the ball. He's a top, he's a fringe top 10 guy for me in this entire class, Daxon Hill. I mean, chess piece, uh, but then has the range to play safety. Uh, Really just uh, do it all defensive back on the back end. He's going to blow up the combine. I'm very excited to see him. I know we've already used up a ton of time on this section. So Ali, uh, real quick, a rapid fire Uh, pressure on the spot. Now, Uh, three more guys within, let's say, 60 seconds, rapid fire time. You give three more guys that you're really excited to see. I'll give three more guys, and then we'll get on to some uh, potential 40 yard dash standouts. So who you got? Who's your three next guys?
2: Uh, Let's start with Tariq Wallin, cornerback out of UTSA. He's been mentioned already in social media today by I think it was Tom Pelissero. He's a guy we've been pounding the drum from at Pro Football Network for the past few months. I did his scouting report back in uh, in December, I think it was. Um, New to the cornerback position. Showed incredible development through that time. I'm excited to see what he does on on field drills, but more importantly, I'm excited to see it. Tariq Woolen, a kid with a 4.34 laser time to 40 yard dash in his locker already, and the expectation that he could trouble the 4.2s come in the Annapolis. Also, 11, uh, 11 foot five broad jump um, in his locker already. Byron Jones holds a combine record at 12 foot three. That might be something to watch out for this week in Indianapolis. I'm going to then go to one of my favorite players in the class. For me, the best, potentially the best FCS prospect in the class, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. I knew you Six were going to say that. I
0: I knew it. I should have put <laughs> betting, I should have bet on that. My
2: God. <laughs> Six foot four, two hundred and eleven pound. High school forty yard dash in the four four four, four oh nine shuttle. Um, at that size as well. Incredible size, speed, physicality, threat. Lots of discussion online if you've not heard it already. Lots of discussion, lots of conversation, lots of controversy about what Christian Watson might run at the NFL Combine. If it's not in the 4-4s, I'll be greatly um, surprised because 4-4 at high school level, you're not at the peak of your athletic ability. You turn the tape on and watch Christian Watson. I think he, he can run... Stub the four 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 that he ran in high school. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Finally, I've just got to talk about Malik Willis because I'm really intrigued to see what he runs in the 40. I'm looking forward to seeing how NFL teams that weren't exposed to him at the combine at the senior bowl take to Malik Willis at the combine because this kid is he's contagious with his personality, his humbleness, his character. I think he'll um the the whiteboard session that the quarterbacks do with the NFL teams that we're not privy to that's going to be huge. So just because we can't see it on the screen doesn't mean it's not an important part of the process. And um, so yeah, I'm looking to seeing what forward to seeing what Malik Willis does at the combat.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean Malik Willis, you got to bring him up, and he was another one on Feldman's freaks list with that four five forty and a thirty eight inch vertical. It definitely shows up. So I can see that rapid fire for me. Uh, I got to go with Matthew Butler, Tennessee defensive tackle. I still feel feel like he's being slept on a little bit, uh, was at the Shrine Bowl. Uh, he had a 32-and-a-half-inch vertical out of high school, which is for a defensive tackle, very good number, and he's one of the most explosive interior defensive linemen in this class. Uh, so I think he's going to open some eyes with that explosive testing and could maybe finally work his way into the top 100 conversation uh, for the consensus. I think Cameron Jurgens, Nebraska center, going to the offense side of the ball. Uh, The center position, you had guys like Jarrett Patterson and Ricky Stromberg going back, uh, and so it does seem a little thin, but I think Cameron Juergens is a guy who's going to rise after the combine. He's 6'3", 290. He's definitely on the smaller side, but I love his fit as a potential zone blocker at the next level because he moves extremely well. I mean, he explodes off the line, really, really smooth, fluid mover in space, covers a lot of ground. Uh, I expect him to really tear up, you know, have a really good 10-yard split, which is what you look for in centers. Um, I think it was below like one, seven, four. I expect him to be well below that. Uh, I think he moves really well, really good athlete. He was a former H back, so you can kind of see that in him, that mobility. And then my final one, I think I have to go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a kind of interesting one, Jake Ferguson. You know, I, I'm trying to figure out who my tight end one is gonna be in this class. Ferguson is in the running, and I think that he he may surprise some people with this testing. He had a 4.73 40 yard dash and a near 35 inch vertical out of high school. Uh, so, and he moves pretty well, you know. I'm not going to sit here and say he's not Kyle Pitts. No one is, but I do think with his numbers, I think he, I, I think he's a better athlete than Trey McBride, who who's widely regarded as one of the first, if not the best, tight ends in the group. And I think he's definitely in contention. But I think Jake Ferguson had a really strong final year, had a really strong senior bowl showing. And I think he's got athleticism that's being slept on. And I think this, the, uh, the combine could open eyes to that. Also, I'm going to cheat, say one more Kirby Joseph. I had to bring him up uh, because he's got a very exciting athletic profile with, I think 33 inch arms. So really long, long player, but he's got great range on the back end, can play single high explosive, fluid, really good top end speed. Uh, I think he's another guy that will probably be rising after his combine showing because he's, he's an athlete. So those are fun players, Uh, but let's, you know, we talk about 40 yard dashes, we talk about or we talk about verticals, we talk about agility times. I the the I think the, the the event that draws the most hype, Ali, is probably the 40 yard dash. So, you know, we, we said earlier in this podcast it's not important or not as important as people let on. And I know we're about to kind of contradict that right here, but let's indulge in the hype, let's indulge in the excitement. And let's kind of go through some guys who might take home the 40 yard dash crown this year, because speed is important, right? I mean, like, like we said, it's another piece of the puzzle. It's not everything, but yeah, I mean, you got to go fast, right? And that's just how it is. So let's get into some guys who might take home that crown. And I guess we'll start with uh, Mike Harley, Miami wide receiver, because you had a chance to talk to him about his 40 yard dash. Uh, It was a very fun conversation. So let's just put that clip in here right now,
2: real quick. We, you mentioned speed there, you've got your Miami Pro Day coming up in the next month or so. What's your um expectations of, of what you're gonna be able to do in the pro day and what you are gonna show the NFL but you're a former track star at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a being a material right now. I'm gonna shock the world.
1: I'm gonna shock the world. You know, a lot of people I don't know why, but a lot of people and a lot of, you know, scouts and things like that have me listed four five four four. Nah, I felt it. I kind of felt offended, but it's kind of funny. I'm like, ah, they don't know. And I, we had a. I'm up here training in Dallas at um, Michael Johnson Performance, and we had a mock mock combine last week Thursday. The forty I ran, I'm not going to tell you the exact time because I'm not satisfied with it. But the forty I ran was under or four three four. Under.
2: If if I was going to go to a bookmaker after this conversation and i was to go over under 431 should i go under or over
1: put it all on it bet it oh.
2: bet the house bet the house on it
1: on, on the under yeah yes sir
2: Run, i'm running
1: i'm running under 43 and um and like a you know with my size and my high with my weight you know i'm 5'10 183 right now and um the bench press i actually bench press 17 reps you know, and, you know, I'm just one of them, you know, a diamond in the rough, you know, just a light the boat ready to strike. So, you know, I'm just pro day. I'm ready for it. I've been training for it. And I'm shocked. Like I said, I'm shocked the world.
2: I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go straight to the bookmakers, put everything I've got on the under the 431, and then I'm going to send you $20. Nah,
1: don't give me <laughs> a choke. That's cool.
2: Yeah Mike Holly seems super convinced he was going to blow the roof off Indianapolis when I spoke to him last week and he um yeah under 4 under 4.31 would be an impressive time. He he is a kid who's got genuine um genuine speed but I tell you who else has got impressive genuine speed Calvin Austin out of Memphis. Sir, this kid listening. this kid is legit. I think he's a he's a legit chance of challenging john ross's record he's a track um a former track star 55 60 meter dash 2020 he looks incredibly fast you know we, we saw it on the field during his time at Memphis we saw what he was able to to lay down at the senior bowl as well a kid who turned eyes at a senior bowl just with in, in, incredibly impressive performances I think he's gonna he's gonna go out there at the combine and he's going to be um the speedster that everyone's talking about i'm I'm excited to
0: i'm excited to see not just his 40 i'm I'm excited to see everything from calvin austin i mean the explosiveness the agility numbers i expect some insane figures and i'm really excited because he's he's one of my guys i mean if you saw him at the senior bowl man he was a separation factory packaging that stuff up and delivering it straight to hurt town you know on those on those cornerbacks man they were they were lurching all week uh, against Calvin Austin and, and really just it, it boils down to, like you said, you know, the twitchy athleticism, the short range burst, but also he is fast when he gets behind you. You are not catching up to him. It's just as simple as that. So I think he runs, you know, maybe close to a four or three. Really excited to see what he does. Um, Another one, too. I think we got to we got to touch on the Baylor guys, right? There's like three guys in this conversation from Baylor, which is insane, Uh, but I know Kalen Barnes, I think he ran like a 1030, uh, 100 meter dash in high school, was a multiple time state champion in that. Uh, He doesn't get a lot of hype, but Kalen Barnes, you know, definitely has the speed and it shows up on tape. Like once he turns his hip and press bail to match guys down the line, you're not, you're not outrunning him. It's just as simple as that, you know, it's not going to happen. So he definitely has that speed. And then JT Woods as well. I mean, the rangy safety, he's got he's got legit sideline to sideline range uh he can cover immense amounts of ground uh, but i think the more important thing with him is that and this is a big thing with jameson williams at alabama is you have short striders like those those five nine guys who are just super jittery and fast like calvin austin uh but i think long striders have more efficient speed because they cover more ground with each stride and i think Jameson Williams had that really rare long strider speed. And I think JT Woods has that too, where once he opens up his strides, he's really hard to keep up with. And he's really easy for him to close ground. So JT Woods is another one. And Tyquan Thornton is a speed demon as well. And he's kind of got that too. So the Baylor guys, I mean, keep an eye on those guys. Kalen Barnes, Tyquan Thornton, JT Woods, all very, very uh, venerable speed guys. Uh, It's going to be fun to watch them. You got any more that are kind of on your list right now?
2: Don't want to feel like I'm continuously banging the treat wall and drum, but I mean I we, have to. Like we, have we have to, to. yeah, yeah. That if 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 the reports are true that he's he's telling people he's been able to run a four point two during his training. I mean, here's here's the thing: we, we all
0: get swept up in the hype. I don't think he's going to run a four two, okay? But even a four three or a four four at six four two o five for a corner. It's pretty impressive. I mean, like that it, it, it provides a buffer at least if we're expecting a four two and he gets like a four three two or whatever. That's still really good for his size. So it, it's one of those things where you know, and there's guys who win with their speed who run four fours or even mid four fours. So it's not like you know if you run a four four five and another guy runs a four three five, it's not like the it's not like he's a he it's not like he's automatically a better deep threat than you are. You know, there's other stuff that goes into it than that, but. You know, obviously, we all want to give. We all want to give out the crown. You know, we that's that's it's one of the fun things to do. You know, see who runs the fastest forty. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think Tariq Woolen definitely has a chance too. And it goes back to the long strider speed, simply covering more ground with each stride.
2: For sure, for sure. I, um, I mean, I, I don't think this. I don't think this following kid is going to particularly blow the socks off the, the in terms of challenging the top of the. 40-yard dash tree but i'd be intrigued to see what your guy jalen armor davis runs in the 40-yard dash because i think oh, he's yeah, got I'm some sure. deceptive speed to his game
0: yeah and i know you know having interviewed him he really trusts his speed uh, like he he made a point to talk about that like he's like yeah and he, he's really really detailed with his press technique too like he knows what he's doing when he gets to the game But when he turns his hips, he's like, he told me, he's like, yeah, you know, I trust my speed, but if I'm not going to make, I'm going to make sure they don't get around me. So I'm really excited, not just from a, from a, you know, 40 yard dash perspective, but simply watching him run. I'm really excited. I think, you know, he's a guy that people are sleeping on. So, you know, he'll get a chance to get more eyes on him. He's healthy. You know, he's healthy. He's been working hard. I'm excited to see him test because I feel like, you know, people are kind of sleeping on him. He's the Alabama cornerback in this draft. Usually they carry a lot of hype. He doesn't have it, but he's definitely, he's a smart guy. He's a great guy off the field. I'm I'm really excited to see what he does. Um, trying to think of any more 40-yard dash guys. Jalen Naylor, Michigan State. I know he's got some hype. He's a track guy in high school. Uh, being a Michigan State guy, I've seen him. He is a speedster. I think he might have more mid to late 4.3 speed. I think he was clocked at a 4.39 one time. So, you know, I think we've already ran through the the legitimate threats for the title and of course there there could be a guy who comes out of nowhere and really surprises us i know uh ben Fennel, a good friend who's a great nfl reporter tweeted some names earlier a lot of the guys that we brought up to, but also isaac taylor stewart from usc which you know he's one of those guys a cornerback who's a little under the radar he was a highly he was a highly touted recruit who never quite panned out but if i remember here Ali. Uh, you stall me for a little bit. You just talk about it, and I i look up his uh, his high school recruiting numbers. If I remember correctly, he ran really fast in high school, so Taylor Stewart is one. But, uh, I mean, we're almost out of time, so you got any more on your mind?
2: I'm just intrigued to see what Chris Olave runs in the yeah. 40-yard dash because this is a kid who his game um, – has largely been predicated around speed and his former track star background. Um, and he's a he's a, a kid who is starting to almost have his buzz in this class rekindled because it, it kind of hasn't been there. He came back to Ohio State for this season, and fell behind Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. We've talked about extensively between ourselves, kind of how we view the Ohio State wide receivers and in the in this NFL draft pecking order, and yeah. it feels like. Alave is kind of coming back into the conversation now, and it'll be just, I think, interesting to me to see how he does test in the 40 yard dash.
0: Yeah, and kind of conversely, Garrett Wilson, too, you know, like seeing the difference between them. I expect Garrett Wilson to test better in the explosiveness drills, which is what is more important to me. But yeah, Alave, one of the calling cards, and one of the things you can say he's definitively better than Wilson at is his top end speed, you know, so having that speed to stretch the field. I'm excited to see what he runs. Uh, I looked up Isaac Taylor Stewart, USC corner uh, in high school coming out. He had a four, four, three and a 37.7 inch vertical. So usually with high school numbers, guys, what you're looking for is it's kind of the athletic floor for that prospect. Like that's what you're working with at the start of high school. Uh, He could put up the same exact numbers, but usually, when you go through college programs, you know athletic training, you know regimens, it's gonna help you improve that a little bit. So the Isaac Taylor Stewart is a good shout. Uh, in the words of Ali, he's a good shout. So that you know that could be one where we we see him kind of put up some eye popping numbers. Uh, yeah, but there's a lot of fun players, and again, it could be a guy that we really weren't expecting. I mean, that's the good thing about the NFL Combine. There's so many players there. You know, it's really your shot to make a name for yourself. You know, and kind of get your. I mean, I feel like we got to brush over that too. Like we were talking about the, what the purpose of the combine is for the smaller school prospects, especially being able to get your name out there because some guys haven't seen tape on you yet. Some guys haven't gotten a ton of exposure to you yet. So getting those numbers and kind of at least getting their attention, it's like the hook at a start of an essay. You know, you got to get their attention and then you can sell them on you with your play. Uh, but it's another great opportunity for that. So, I mean, I'm really excited for this week. As we were saying earlier on, you know, again, you never want to re—you never want to reshape your whole perspective off of the NFL Combine. But it is great information to add to the puzzle, to add to your perspective, and help you reevaluate, help you look at guys in a different lens. It's just one of those things. It's another tool, and it's a great tool to use. So, I mean, with that, Ali, you got any closing words ahead of the NFL Combine? Any you know, final thoughts that you want to add in before we wrap
2: it up here? <laughs> I'm just looking forward to seeing how it all plays out this week. I really am. I'm looking forward to to seeing the guys that we've talked about blow it up. I'm looking particularly forward to seeing some of the storylines that come out of the NFL Combine this week because there's going to be a lot of people chattering uh, behind the scenes. There's going to be lots of good information on lots of background stuff. Can't wait to hear what the quarterbacks do on the whiteboard. And... Um, I'm just 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 it's just a shame that we're not actually there in Indianapolis.
0: I know, man. It's tough, but hey, we'll still be here writing draft stuff. And you know, if you want to hear the latest from you know interviews, NFL, you know, insider stuff from you know, it's all here at PFN. I mean, we got Adam Beasley, Aaron Wilson, Mike K down there. Uh, we got Tony Pauline who's giving us insider info uh, for teams. So we got all that, and then of course we got the draft guide coming out later this week uh, from myself, Ali, and Cam Meller. Uh, And then we got more profiles coming from Austin James for Goza. I mean, guys, we're covering all the bases here ahead of the NFL draft. So, I mean, with that, we've already used up a ton of time. (laughs) I mean, it's it's insane how long winded we are, but we're going to cut it off here. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with some takeaways for the uh, the drills that have happened. And I'm sure we'll figure something out. We, we tend to wing this stuff a little bit. So I'm sure we'll figure out what we're going to talk about more uh, as the week progresses. But for now, we're leaving you with this one the combine preview. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter and reach out to PFN at PFN365. Until next time, guys, peace out. You are listening to the PFN Premier NFL Draft Podcast. Have a good one.